Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas and I'm here with Mark Hearn of Eardetto. That's eardetto.com. And uh, they focus on connected spaces and IoT security. Uh, talk to me a little bit, Mark. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm pretty good, thanks. Good afternoon. <sighs> Glad to have you here. And so as, as far as I understand, um, you are a digital platform uh, security provider with 50 years of experience is that right 50 years yeah 50 years that's right we're uh we've been around and and in uh in the security game against hackers for uh, for quite some time so yeah. uh it's 2018 and you know my my simple kentucky boy math says that 50 years ago is 1968 and it's you know when we uh as technology people we think about technology in 1968 my grandfather worked for ibm at the time and computers were about the size of my house. Uh, so, <laughs> what? Take us through. It's just really interesting to me. Um, just a quick hit chronology of what what does what, what does digital doing? security look like 50 years ago, and then take us through how that's advanced over time. Sure, sure. So uh, obviously, uh, way back then, we were talking more around the raw analog stuff. But if pretty much anybody can remember going back a number of years when they would change to a TV channel and it would be all scrambled because they didn't have a subscription to that. Well, that's the type of security that Iridetto started out initially. We would help 
uh, pay TV operators secure their business, uh, ensure that the people with legitimate subscriptions would be able to view the content that they had the rights to, and those that didn't, couldn't. Um, as that industry progressed from obviously analog type signals to you know digital television to eventually even being able to put content onto the internet and over the top type services to even today your your phones and iPads, um, we have grown the security business with our uh, pay TV operator customers to ensure that the uh, the content that they have rights to remains secure, that they're within the obligations to the content owners and essentially making their business work uh, work for them. So that's that's how we got our started, but we've been expanding way, way beyond just uh, pay television over the last uh, decade or so, but that's that's how we got started. So you're the head of IoT security and uh, strategic business development. Uh, what are what are some of the interesting uh, interesting tasks that you've been performing in that role? So it's actually uh, really exciting, particularly now with so many things starting to uh, to really move beyond conceptual connection of IoT to now having real use cases that are benefiting people's lives. Um, but maybe take a step back as to, well, how did I get into this role? Um, going back about uh, 10 years ago, Iridetto had acquired a company out of Canada by the name of Cloakware. And that technology allowed them to take some of the security that was in those pay TV systems at the time in primarily hardware to now make it secure in software. And that technology itself is very adaptable to pretty much anywhere where software is being written. So now, as we start to look at the areas of the market that are starting to expand into you know, the range of automotive, manufacturing, everywhere software is a play, there's a security need. And so part of my role as uh, you know, business development is to help identify those areas within the market that uh, security is crucial to the business goals of, our, of the customers and allow them the ability to continue to grow into a new IoT business while having a good sense of how to deal with the risk of, of hacking and security concerns. And so that's, that's basically what my role is, is to help them continue to grow their business as they take advantage of IoT. So one of the topics that we discuss uh, quite a bit here on the Future Tech Podcast is uh, applications of blockchain technology. And, uh, you know, that's that's definitely a hot topic right now. Um, but uh, and, and I know that that's something of interest to your company, but you're more focused on a concept called connected spaces, which, as I understand it, is a combination of smart homes, smart buildings, smart cities. Uh, and I, I think we all conceptually understand that, uh, but we could we could use some color from your expertise here. Uh, talk to us a little bit about sure. what is a connected space and, and how are you involved in it? Sure thing. So um, as I, as I kind of mentioned, I think uh, some of the different use cases within IoT are really starting to get quite interesting in people's day-to-day lives now. Um, you can think about, uh, you know, within your home, you have uh, connected door locks, you have connected uh, thermostats, there's appliances and so on. Those are all uh, elements and devices that are providing you conveniences in your day-to-day life. But it also opens up a door to a hacker maybe gaining access to your home, being able to determine some of your habits, or even maybe just making use of some of the classic example would be, you know, these um, processors and and CPUs that are in, say, a connected appliance, 
strong enough to be able to take care of the needs at 5% of the time, but idle the other 95% of the time. That makes a great botnet host to some uh, cyber criminal who wants to maybe sell CPU cycles on the dark web. So that would be something we'd watch out for. Um, think about a connected building. I mean, we've used elevators for many years. We've, we're quite familiar with HVAC systems and badging in and out of your office. But now we're looking at use cases where all of those systems can be interconnected, can actually improve human safety. Uh, you know, if there's ever a fire, we now know of ways that a connected system can get more people out of a building safer. But the challenge is, is now with that connectivity, the closed circuit TV that's out in an alleyway could be hacked into and someone could route their way all the way to, say, an elevator, which then puts human safety at risk. So those are the types of, of problems where we want to work with customers to ensure that the safety elements that we're used to remain safe, even in, in a connected environment where hacking risk is greater. You know, the, the good thing about everything around us being connected is that you can you can all everybody can always know where you are and the bad thing about everything around us being connected is uh, everybody can always know where we are <laughs> and so exactly. it it kind of it kind of depends on your perspective there and you know nefarious intent uh but uh, as as the world hooks into the internet and IoT um that risk increases substantially and so we have this need for security now have you seen this uh, growing uh, on an exponential curve in the last couple of years as far as the, the developments and advancements and the need for the additional security? Have you seen that ramping up lately? Uh, quite significantly, actually. Um, as you start to, to look at advances where more things are going to become connected and the interconnectivity then increases any type of risk profile from one device to another, then we're certainly seeing the need for security go up. At the same time, we're also seeing trends within the market whereby companies need to get products to market faster. And so they're doing that through more standard platforms. And if you think about um, about a year and a half ago when Bruce Schneier talked in front of Congress after the Mirai botnet attack, one of the key themes he was talking about is it's no longer a car that has a computer in it. It's a computer that's driving you down the road. It's no longer a refrigerator keeping your stuff cold that has a computer. It's a computer keeping your stuff cold. And so more and more of these standard platforms that are going into the variety of different devices um, opens up the door to an attack that may have occurred on a standard platform in a completely unrelated area. The hackers learn that now. They know how to go against it. So that now opens up more exposures. So it's kind of a, a bit of a, a double whammy in that IoT is, is growing exponentially, but we're also making it a little easier for hackers to get in at the same time. So very strong security strategy and making sure that companies understand the threats and the risks that they, that they may encounter with their, their products, it's critical in, the, in today's environment. If you were to list the top three uh, priorities for your debt right now in security, what would they be? Oh, that's a really good question. So top three priorities for us is, uh, is to continue to work with our customers to help them identify what are the potential risks to, to their businesses. So within that, we, we have uh, a combination of both services and technology that we, 
we feel we partner with our customers on to help them be remain secure on an ongoing basis. So I think we need to make sure, number first and foremost, number one, we need to keep working with our customers on their security strategies. Number two, uh, we have elements of our company that, that do indeed work into the dark web, monitor hacker activity. It's critical that we continue to have that inside view as to what's happening underneath everything. So we can bring those trends and that information to our customers. And the third most important thing is we continue to invest in the technology that is required to uh, to make hacking, uh, I don't want to say difficult, but make it less beneficial to uh, to hackers so they move on to softer targets. But that technology underneath is is something that makes it a lot easier for our customers to integrate in and to get their products to market quickly still. You mentioned uh, just a moment ago, you mentioned the dark web, and uh, it's that's kind of a, a nebulous title uh, mm-hmm. for you know this portion of the internet where hackers hang out. Could you, and we all have our own definition of it it's it's like the uh the the land that you know can't really be found except for those who know already know where it is but uh, what is your definition when you say the dark web where where is that place for you um so i i mean i think it you can very very easily identify you know from a technical standpoint oh the dark web exists with this special browser that special browser to get into it but i i think it's a lot better to look at it from a more generic term and, and think of it in terms of any area where or forums where hackers are maybe connecting with people who are willing to pay for their services, um, you know, any type of organized crime that's attempting to uh, build out their own businesses through, um, you know, through stolen content or, or stolen property. It doesn't necessarily have to be on the special browsers, but there's certain areas where uh, where you can connect with that type of ongoing discussion. I think that dark, just using the phrase dark web is a is a bit generic, but it's good because we don't want to necessarily just look in one spot, right? You have to have your eyes open as to that type of activity that's ongoing. Um, and in fact, that's actually one of the areas that um, Iridetto has some strength. Given we we do have folks that have been monitoring that type of of online discussion for many years through um, the piracy in the pay, pay media space, and as we've seen those uh, communities um, increase in size, increase in scope, and get a bit more involved on the organized crime side, um, you know we uh, we've actually continued to track that, and that's. That's one of the things we bring as a benefit to our customers is is that view of what's happening out there in uh well in nefarious areas as you say yeah and uh so tell me about this think like a hacker movement uh, what is mm-hmm. what is that what is what is the objective there so uh think like a hacker is uh is actually a campaign that we've uh we've kicked off in a couple of different markets that um that we've been working into. Uh, looking especially at things like automotive areas, uh, smart building areas, smart cities. And a lot of what we're trying to do is to build up this movement with across many companies, across the industries, that instead of looking at security solely from, oh, I've got a security specification, I know how to write my code to meet guideline X, Y, and Z, we're trying to encourage companies and developers specifically to take a step back and say, how would you code it if you're trying to break in? How would you 
how is somebody actually going to maybe go around to find a back door in? And by thinking the way a hacker would, it changes those potential risks that a, that a business needs to be aware of. Ultimately, when we look at this connected IoT of ours, we need to realize that the overall strength of the ecosystem is going to be the sum of everybody. It's not going to be one company's problem or a one product problem. The hackers are going to look at what is the easiest way in, what's the, you know, the, the path of least resistance. And if that means that to get to a database of credit cards at a multinational um, shopping company, if they have to go through an HVAC service provider to do it, they're going to. And that's an exact uh, use case that happened from years ago, right? Expand upon that a little bit. I'd, I'd love to hear uh, a specific example. Could you could you tell us a little more about sure. what you just said? Okay, so um, I kind of threw in the example. Maybe I should have been a bit more thorough. But if you think back uh, a number of years ago to the attack on Target and the, all of the Visa cards that were compromised, um, that attack was actually planned out by hackers who noticed that you know it was going to be very difficult to get into the finance system that contained the credit card information, but uh, the various stores throughout uh, the country had HVAC uh, monitoring systems done by local suppliers. And so rather than going after Target directly initially, what they did is they uh, took a look at all of the small HVAC companies that were providing that monitoring service, and they targeted them with phishing attacks. Eventually, there was one poor unfortunate company that clicked on an email and the next time it was monitoring uh, one of the HVAC systems in a store, the malware transmitted up to the store. The malware then sat in that store's systems, and waited until there was going to be a communication between the store and the headquarters, probably with the monthly uh, financial information or what have you, and the malware transmitted then up to headquarters. From there, it was able to gain access to the finance systems. So the, the short story of this is you know what, we probably put a ton of security around that finance system and said, okay, we're going to be really secure. But at the end of the day, the guy didn't try and go through that firewall. What he did is found an easier way to, to get in. And it, even maybe even a simpler example is consider people who put, you know, very strong locks on the front door of their house. They still reinforce the frame. There's maybe an alarm system on the windows and even video outside the front door. Yet they have a shed in the back garden that has a $3 padlock and a ladder inside. Easy access for a thief to be able to climb up the ladder and get into the second story. And that's what the think, a hacker, think, about a, think Like a Hacker is about. It's about think about how someone might actually get in, not from the perspective of what am I trying to protect. Interesting. You know, it, you just reminded me of a story uh, my my grandfather was a really, really interesting guy, and he had a lot of unique ways of thinking about things. And uh, one time um, when my mom was there growing up, uh, he had this big red barn in the backyard, and he would put a padlock on it and close it up. And he didn't ever close the padlock. He just turned it to make it look like it was closed. And uh, she asked, she said, well, you know, Dad, why don't you, why don't you lock this, you know? And and he said and he just kind of laughed and he said locks just keep an honest man out. People want to get in, they're going to get in, and so yeah. I'd rather him not break my luck. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that you actually just use that phrase because 
that's one of the things we, we really work with our customers on and teach them about is you can't have a security strategy that says, I'm going to put a whole bunch of investment in now, and then I'm impenetrable. That's just not realistic. So what we really work on with our customers is identifying what are your, your objectives of your product, what are the potential threats and risks where someone may want to get into that, and what is your ongoing security strategy where you're just constantly raising the bar every time you do an update to your product. You're constantly renewing the security, and you're ultimately wanting to make it more expensive than it's worth for that hacker to get into it, so he moves on to, on to an easier target. And while that may be a bit sad to say for the poor guy who does eventually get hacked, for most businesses, they really are in a tight spot where they have to balance the cost of putting a new product out, their time to market has to, has to be pretty quick these days with consumer expectations. And so how do they remain secure? And what we tell them is make sure you're just doing a little bit always constantly and changing things around so that the hacker cannot make any money off of it. That's the security strategy in a nutshell that we work with our customers on. Ten years ago, IoT was just a, a twinkle in some developer's eye. Five years ago, IoT security probably barely existed. Uh, now we are here in 2018. Let's look five hairs into the future. Where do you see this uh, this particular industry developing over the next five years? So I think um, there's a couple of key cornerstones that, that we need to, to really develop. Um, and we are seeing other technologies growing at the same time as us. Things we're getting, you know, uh, better processor speeds. So even the lower end devices will soon have enough horsepower to keep themselves secure. We're seeing uh, machine learning and AI, whereby we can start to maybe recognize patterns that are happening uh, and be able to, you know, protect different elements of uh, of the ecosystem in a in a faster and more repeatable way. Um, we're also seeing uh, areas, you know, a variety of them. You mentioned blockchain earlier on. Uh, there's other aspects within um, unique signatures within hardware and so on that allow us to establish identity on devices out there in the IoT. And so I think a lot of these are going to really start to mature and come together such that in, you know, in the five years, 10-year horizon, we're going to have a, a fair bit more trust within those devices. And the communication between one element and another element is going to start to mimic a lot of what we see in society today. You know, when you call up somebody, you know, to, to make a purchase, they want to identify, well, who am I speaking with first? Do I trust that I'm speaking to the right person? Okay, once I feel like I've, I have that trust, then I'm willing to do a transaction with them. And I think that's where we're going to see a lot of IoT security go in the future. The, everything is going to have its own unique identity, and there's going to be the ability to trust that, uh, that the device you're speaking to is who, in fact, you think it is. That's where a lot of this is going to go. And having AI and machine learning in the background, following patterns and trying to be able to determine, well, where is an attack point occurring will allow us to, to maybe live with these devices in a variety of different defense conditions, whereby as an attack may be underway, things can be partitioned off, or devices can go into a different reactionary type mode. All that technology is developed is being developed right now, and it's, it's going to make our lives a lot safer in that five to 10 year uh, horizon. Mark Hearn from Airdetto.com, 50 
years of security. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap here? Uh, I guess my, my last one just kind of comes to one of my themes, which is this isn't about one company or about one product. It's all of us together making sure that we're providing a secure ecosystem for society to grow in what's an amazing time ahead of us. Well said and agreed. Thanks very much for joining us here, Mark. Uh, we'll see you next time here, everybody, on the Future Tech Podcast. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.